Welcome to the Ego Education Podcast, an ongoing podcast about English education in Canada and Japan. Hey, Paul. Hey, Anish. How's it going? Real good. Yourself? Uh, doing all right. Uh, February is over. Hopefully, spring is not too far away, although we can't really go by the calendar, certainly not in Canada and around Ontario, anyways. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Vancouver. <laughs> Actually, it's sunny and warm today. Uh, Ooh, nice. That's nice. Sorry. Well, I, I hope uh, maybe <laughs> John and I can have a little bit of a hanami party. We'll find some sakura trees in High Park or something, and we'll have a little hanami with some drinks and food and uh, broadcasting. Invite, right, and podcast it. There you go. <laughs> no. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm very Anish, excited. What's new with you? Yeah. Sorry. Um, no, I'm just, I'm really excited about. Um, well, like John said, it's a little bit of a slow time in February, but it's kind of ramping up to, you know, the spring and, you know, more students are coming, borders are opening up, even mm. with all the craziness going on in the world. Yeah. Um, and so I'm getting lots more students being getting registered in the program, which is great. I know a lot of students are frustrated and just tired of being online. So yep. this in-person, real interaction, real-life learning is going to be hopefully a big thing moving forward. So just definitely seems like uh, we've turned a corner. Yes. Things are starting to happen again, which is nice. Yes, turn a yes. corner. That's an idiom. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah, Absolutely. There's, there's an idiom of the day. Absolutely. Um, oh, Paul got, Paul got, Paul's got his course out there. I did a right. webinar and he got students. So uh, I got two. two students enrolled, paid and enrolled. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. That's great. All news. today. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I hosted a, a webinar free webinar yesterday. Awesome. And uh, it seems to have generated some interest. Excellent. That's that's wonderful news. And yeah. as you know, John, and maybe this is useful for Chihiro, Ria, and Yusuke who are going to be joining us, but like even when you're doing a Facebook or LinkedIn post or something, you know. A lot of the people who get a lot of comments or likes, there's always that one liner that's a hook, right? It could be a quote or it could be sharing a vulnerable point or it could be, you know, an anecdote or anecdote or a quote. And and Paul just ran through all of that. And it was such a good reminder of like, right, you know, you want to grab the listener, the reader's attention. You do such a good job of that already, John, with all of your amazing posts. but. (laughs) Um, What's uh, interesting about things like that is I think a lot of learners look at that stuff and go, oh, they just have a talent for it. And sometimes Mm -hmm. uh, someone does, but that talent is based in something they've picked up. They've learned it. And hiding behind it is actually a structure. Just like if you read a good story or watch a good movie, there's, there is intentional structure behind that, that makes it work. And if you can, if you can understand it, you can share it. And if you can share it, people can learn it, in other words. And that's what I wanted to sort of demystify with that webinar was, what is a great hook and how can I do it? What's the what's the technique behind it? Uh, some people do it naturally, but they're still using the technique. They've just picked it up without knowing it. But uh, a learner can learn it. And it's so that transferable, especially in speaking, right? Yeah. When you first meet someone and John knows about the elevator pitch or how you get yes. to grab someone's attention, you know, mm-hmm. and exactly. it, it, just, it was such a great webinar, Paul. Um, yeah, thank and, you. 
hopefully most people who are listening to this and or even Ria, Yusuke and um, Chihiro can watch it at some point and join a future webinar. Um, but it's built into the course. So get the course yeah. and you'll get it. You'll get a piece of it. You'll get it well, all. Also, um, following your advice, Anish, I also made it available for anyone who's missed it. Um, I want it to be a free feature. I want it to be a free product. So if they go to my uh, uh, Thinkific platform, which I'll, I'll put in the description box, they can sign up to get, to, they can watch the one hour. It's a one hour webinar. They can watch the thing for free um, as a sample of what my courses are like. It's, it's sort of a simple sample, but um, I want people to be able to see it. So it's, even though it was live yesterday, it's still available. It's out there. Brilliant. Congrats. That's fantastic. Thank you. That's it's great. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's nice to have, even when I was so excited when the first person enrolled because it meant that this marketing strategy was actually working. Um, I didn't like twist my friend's arm and to, you know, sign up for it. it uh, so anyways, it's exciting. It's it kind of, it's motivating too. It's, you know, okay. First of all, it's exciting because the system works. Second of all, now I got to get the course ready by April 1st because someone's paid and they're waiting on it. Right, right. Motivation well, right there. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Fire That's under fantastic. the butt, so to speak. All right, yeah. cool. Are we ready to go, John? I believe we are. All I believe right. we are. So as we already, you already know, if you've been paying attention today, we have not one, but three guests. All three are from Japan, and all are former students at Anish's on-the-spot language program in Toronto, on Toronto, Canada. Rie considers herself a coffee person. She lives with lovely and powerful quotes, which teach her the most important thing is to go ahead, even into fear. She also loves to meet people and have wonderful conversations with them. Chihiro is a passionate English learner, movie buff, and cafe hopper. While she was living in Toronto, she went to roughly 40 cafes in over six months. Some years ago, she made a resolution to watch 100 movies per year, and she's managed to do it every year since then. She plans to reach 100 movies again in 2022, and as of the end of February, she has watched 12 movies. Finally, Yusuke is an English teacher and grad student studying psychology. He has visited more than 20 countries, has lived in India, and believes that English has helped him make new friends, as well as preventing him from getting ripped off. In Japan, he has worked at two British companies and has also been a phone counselor for English speakers living in Japan. So, without further ado, shall we bring in our three guests? Do we have enough room? I guess we do. Okay. We're just going to have to shrink. There Hi, everybody. Go. Hi. Hey. Everybody Welcome. hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear Good. you. This All is right. so amazing. I've got chicken skin or goosebumps <laughs> right now. It's so great to see you all. Um, yes. Ria Yusuke Chihiro. I've got, I'm flooded with now memories. <laughs> um, and, you know, I just want to thank you guys for taking the time. I know it's in the morning in Japan. And I really thought of each one of you, just you're so unique, um, so passionate in, in all different ways in your lives. And the biggest thing that 
blends all of you guys together. Sorry, John and Paul. It's just you guys have continued your English language journey. Like you've made it a part of your world or your life, whether it be through movies or like Yusuke coaching or Ria's like, she still does her daily gratitude and like, like everything. I'm just like, yes, I love you three. So you're perfect role models and examples of, for other students out there. So thank you for all that you do. And you've made me very, very proud so there you go oh thank you <laughs> so how do we get started here well we can start off with the question asking us for each of you to tell us well we know a little bit about you from the introductions but maybe you can tell us a little bit more about yourself so tell us what you do and for example if you're working who you work with those kinds of things. Those are the kinds of things that many Canadians want to know <laughs> when we first meet people. So also, uh, we know that yes. you're all from Japan, but can you tell us what city or area you're from? That's always interesting also that, for us. Yes. Is that week yes. one or week two writing? <laughs> Does anybody remember <laughs> in the program? Um, how do you want to start? Do you want to do questions and just randomly have them answer, or what's the best way to go here? Sure. Well, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. All right, let's go Chihiro, Yusuke, oh. and then Rie. Okay, yes. sure. So my me first. So hi, everybody. Hey. Nice hi. to meet you. Hi. hi, I'm Chihiro. I'm currently living in Tokyo, but originally from uh, Yamaguchi Prefecture, which is located in the edge of the West Honshu, so between uh, Hiroshima and Fukuoka Prefecture. And yeah, I'm on the spotter. <laughs> I took the Anish course in 2019, I guess. Yes. So it was my first visit to Canada. And uh, yeah, and I loved it. Awesome. And so what do you do now? And who do you work with? Do you work with Japanese professionals? Do you work with educators? Do you work with students? Actually, you know, I'm I know working at JP Canada. Yes, so you know, yeah, but I I'm not a counselor, but I totally doing a different job. But but still, you know, I'm the in uh, you know the English education industry. Yes. Cool. And just for anyone's. Uh, uh, Background: Mari was manage is manager of JP Canada here in Toronto. Yes, so yes. she's our first so guest. Yeah, yes. your first guest. Yeah, then we are friends. <laughs> Absolutely, um, great. Okay, thank you, uh, Yusuke. Uh, we key time. Okay, go ahead, buddy. No, oh, we can't hear you. Uh, I think you're muted. You are muted. And while you figure that out, let's jump to Ria very quickly. Okay. So, um, so where in Japan are I'm, you from? Let's start there. I'm living in Japan. I'm living named Aichi. Aichi in Japan for 
have for about the six or seven years. But eh, before three years, I've studied abroad in Canada. And now uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn new skills for becoming freelance. Okay, cool. Or as a freelancer. Yeah. That's amazing. Paul just said his wife yeah. is from Aichi. Ah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So, cool. What kind of freelancer? I wanna be I wanna be writer or Cool. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, web writer. Oh, so a blogger or a web writer or web editor or what kind of things do you want to write? <laughs> that's okay. No, that's okay. A writer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Yusuke, you're up, buddy. Yeah, sorry about that. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah. we can hear you. Yes, how's it going, folks? Um, Good to see you, buddy. Good. John, by the way, nice voice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I work on it quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I didn't see that. It's quite talented. <laughs> so, uh, myself, I'm Yusuke, Japanese, born and raised in Sendai. Uh, moved to Tokyo for my uni. And I think I, yeah, I went to um, like war trip by myself. That was my first time when I was in 18 years old, no, 19, to Europe. Then I spent two weeks there and find out I couldn't speak English at all. So I couldn't make any <laughs> friends, so I, I was frustrated. And I decided to study English in Canada, and then I met Anish. And after that, back in Japan, I started working, as Paul mentioned, I started working for a British company, which is consumer goods company. So I was doing sales and marketing there for four years. Then I moved to a recruit, recruiting firm. Um, so basically what I did is to introduce positions for Japanese uh, candidates for, uh, you know, Gaishi companies, these foreign capital companies. So I have foreign capital companies positions for Japanese candidates. So that's what I did for three years. And I made a post from that career that now I'm studying psychology in America and Glasgow. Um, also, I am in Nagano right now because there's this fantastic community, which is a Zen temple. Uh, it's half Japanese, half German temple. So they have wow. crazy like parties, they kind of brought this like Berlin vibe to Japan. So they do like parties and uh, they had, they got DJ booth in the temple as well. Uh, it's a fantastic place. So we are having a lot of projects together while I'm pursuing my career as a career coach and English teaching, English teacher, and also perhaps recruitment. And so, yeah. That's me. Cool. That's me. All right. Great. I saw that, Ria. Just take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Let's have fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Next question. Paul, John? 
Well, we've got some of the stock questions we always have. Um, mm -hmm. But if you have other questions, we can. Um, well, I suppose one. Yeah, sorry. I, I suppose we could always uh, start off with maybe before coming to, to Canada and mm -hmm. going through on the spot language, talking about uh, your education in, uh, well, your education, English education in Japan. Uh, for example, Yusuke mentioned you realized you couldn't speak English at all when you first went to Europe and kind of curious about all your thoughts about uh, your education, uh, your English education experiences in, in Japan and what you thought about them. So yeah. maybe we can start with so, uh, maybe same order, Chihiro. Yep, sure. Okay. Yes, I, I basically loved English for beginning luckily and so partly because the, my junior high and high school was so concentrated on the english education so and yeah i just loved it then yeah and i became interested in foreign countries and the foreign cultures so that I, I found that english is very good tool for communication so yeah so i so I, I think it's late 20s, I had a chance to, to go to the New Zealand and also Australia for working holiday. So which was my, I think, highlight, I could say, for my English education. Um, because, yeah, I, I, I think I can say that I'm a little bit different from the typical Japanese, because I have no hesitation to speak, even broken in the English. So, but still, and in the past, I mean, the school life, I had a little bit chance to speak, because the uh, in Japan at school, basically, uh, they focus on grammar and reading skill and comprehension skill. We hardly have our speaking classes. So, but still I, I keep studying by myself. So, and love watching videos and uh, you know, movies. So I, I could pick up some English for speaking. So, uh, and yeah, so my, but I guess, New Zealand, that was my first long stay experience in my life. And I, I was shocked because New Zealand's English is totally different from what I learned. Basically, I learned American English and a little bit British, but New Zealand, especially accent, and the pronunciation is totally different. So uh, first, I couldn't understand at all. I stayed at um, my host mother and we lived uh, together and I couldn't understand what she said because she, she is typical in, um, New Zealander. So she speaks very strong New Zealand accent. So I was freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I literally said, I literally said that three days later, I was like, please speak English. 
<laughs> right. That's yeah. different. Yeah. Especially when you're so used to hearing a certain accent. Like when you're exactly. watching movies on Netflix and stuff, you know, you're so yeah, used to hearing that you're like, wait yeah. a minute. I wasn't ready for this. What? Yeah. Exactly. And at that time, kind of training. Yeah, it's before spreading internet. So mm-hmm. I just simply had no uh, opportunity to uh, know there is a lot of kinds of English out there. Mm-hmm. Then, mm-hmm. you know, I. Uh, Gradually, I get used to New Zealand English and also Australian English, which is a little bit different. So now I can understand New Zealand English and Australian English both. Mm-hmm. So before I was working at a hotel as a receptionist, and we have some international tourists. And I, I actually, I can tell. Who is who? Like, oh, the he or she, they're from Australia and maybe European and America because I knew the differences. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Yeah. I'd say that that's um, your experience learning in, in Japan. I think that's been one, uh, one problem about the perceptions of what English education was in the past, right? You're mm-hmm. supposed to have a model. The model is the American version, or the or the uh, received pronunciation mm-hmm. from the British version. When in fact, like you said, there are many varieties of English, and especially yes. now that it's used for business for many countries all over mm-hmm. the world, even ones that don't have English as their first language, right? Like Japan. Right. Many people so, speak English for second language, and a lot of the yeah, on accent variety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Jiro. So, Yusuke, before uh, coming to Toronto, obviously, you know, you said you you'd done a little bit of traveling before that as well. So what was your English exposure like before that with the Japanese English education system or um, before coming to Canada? Yes, that's a good point. Uh, my junior high yeah, obviously I studied English for three years, but just grammar and vocabulary, right? And when I went, when I was in high school, I, I went to this prep school where this English teacher, so she's fantastic. She she drives GTR, first of all. You know that one? Nissan GTR supercar. Oh. And she's in like this nice purple dress all the time. And then she, <laughs> uh, she plays saxophone on the building in the nighttime. Like, you know, on, on actually on that building. This teacher. She, she plays saxophone. But basically, she told me a lot about English. Like, so that kind of helped me. Mm-hmm. But again, in terms of grammars and vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So when I went to mm-hmm. Europe, yeah, no speaking. I, I can't really speak anything. So wow. I had a hard time to order food. I had to say like this, this, please. <laughs> Right. But now you can say, in terms of Timbits, how many come in a pack? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> can I get exactly. a tall vanilla latte? Right. Um, yeah, that happens. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, when it comes to the public English education system here in Japan, I don't have a saying, actually, because, you know, like, um, have you been to Japan? Like, I know Anish been to Japan before, but have you These folks? guys have lived there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, you live there. Yeah. So there. I, I actually there. studied there as well. I studied yeah. at oh, Nice. Yeah. I lived yeah, in uh, in Saitama first and yeah. worked oh. in uh, Saitama in Tokyo for several yeah. years. And Paul Tokyo. actually studied at Ritsu Maikan University oh. in Kyoto. In, oh. in Kyoto. Yeah. Kyoto. And I also taught uh, Uji High School. Ritsu Maikan High, High School. school. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's so like an interesting a... kind of a close look at uh, private school education in English. I see. I see. This yeah. sounds like a dope spot. In the middle of Kyoto. <laughs> it was, uh, pretty cool. Actually, it was an interesting, but it wasn't an enjoyable experience. Mm. I didn't oh, like oh, the yeah. way they taught English. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm. That's what I want to hear, actually, after that. So my point of view, I think the biggest thing to study a new language is motivation. Um, if, you, if you need it, you study. But if you don't need it, even though you're trying to study it, you're kind of like fading away. Yeah. So the problem is like how much motivation do we have as Japanese people, especially for kids? Because if you live in Japan, you don't have to use English. You can just speak Japanese, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the problem. So in terms from like from that perspective, I think just focus on grammar and vocabulary kind of makes sense because at least we can write and read. Mm -hmm. um, I think those are the competencies that we need to that you know like even though we don't speak english if we can read we can get information out of japan so it kind of partially kind of makes sense uh, but when it comes to the like total english education system like after public education i think there are some problems from my lens um, which is um first of all I think we just focus on too much grammar and vocabulary, <laughs> even though we are now keen to learn learn English, you know? Mm. So it's just too much like left brain thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, so personally, I, I teach English. What I do is to connect their emotions to a new language. For example, when you say Apple in English, uh, I think you have to have the same feeling of saying Apple in Japanese. Or like if you say mom, you have to have that this emotional connection between the word and the and the and your feeling. Right? So I like to focus on that. So I kind of like promoting uh like, hey, let's do acting. Let's say Apple it, with the real feeling, like Apple, Apple, or like when you say happy, like how you connect that feeling to your word? I'm happy. Like when you're sad, I'm sad. So these like emotional connection is very important for my mm -hmm. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. Very cool. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely some emotional intelligence out there that's also helpful and good to know and connecting emotions and feelings with the words that you're saying mm -hmm. and using some body language with that. Like mm -hmm. you said, acting is very... Um, helpful. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Yusuke. Beautiful. Yeah, Rie, what about yourself? What was your journey with English before going <laughs> to not Toronto, but Montreal? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Montreal. Yeah. When I was in Montreal, I met many different people and yeah. And 
I learned from them, like doing action is is important to important to connecting people or understand each other. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm, like no fear, jump in. I just take action, right? Just jump but in, I, no fear. And... Yes, but I couldn't. Mm. No. Mm. Yeah. If I bug them, yeah, if you could I go could back that. to that time, you could do it. Yes. Time machine. Time machine. Before yes. going to Montreal, though, did you have any experience in English or was it more just traditional, like in school, like how everyone learned grammar, reading, writing? <laughs> or just like most Japanese students study uh, English? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. I. I was with Japanese people or in, in language school. Mm. Yeah. yeah Did you like school, dear? Did you like English class? Did you enjoy it? <laughs> no. Her, her teacher didn't have a, her teacher didn't play a saxophone on top of a, oh, a school like cool. Yusuke or, you know. Yusuke had the cool no, teacher. No. Yeah. <laughs> So I was always nervous for taking exam or practice speaking in front of other students. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it wasn't an exciting feeling. Like there's no motivation. There's the mm -hmm. sense of nervousness. There's no fun or enjoyment in the learning. I think it's very common yeah. in Japan education system. Mm. Yeah, I think what that would be a, one of the problems in in terms of the education education mm. system in Japan. So, like you should be perfect environment mm. is surrounded to you, and the teachers and the parents uh, basically um, encourage you to, to be perfect and speak perfect in a perfect grammar. But so, yeah, people's expectations too much. Right. Mm. Does that resonate with you, Paul, John, this idea when in the Japanese culture of being perfect, not just with English, but across the board? Yeah, I would say that that's, you know, again, my what I've seen, obviously, being being a, an outsider, but uh, I think it carries a lot. There's that, I mean, my sense, and again, of course, our Japanese guests can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the idea that uh, I think it's important that there's maybe a sense in generally in the culture that perfection is important mm -hmm. and that you work at something until you're really good at it. It, it makes me think of um, what I've seen of the attitudes, for example, towards hobbies, how we think about hobbies and interests here in Canada and how they are kind of in Japan. And, and my sense is that 
when you talk about someone, you know, in Japan saying, what's your hobby? Right. You know, singular means something that they've really spent a lot of time on. <laughs> so, you know, my hobby is playing guitar. They're probably close to professional quality in terms of how good they are. Right. Or, right. or photography. My hobby is mm -hmm. photography and they've got this super expensive camera and they do mm -hmm. all sorts of crazy things. Whereas a hobby here, it's like, I play guitar. It's like, yeah, I, I pick it up maybe once a week or something and mm -hmm. strum some things out and <laughs> forget about it and go play video games or, or, or mm -hmm. something else. So I think that that's it kind of, I don't know, that's my sense. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if, if you all agree with that or not. Yeah, I totally agree with you. <laughs> so, okay. Maria Yusuke, Chihiro, what was one hobby that you did a lot or your parents, like maybe it's Chinese writing or uh, kanji writing or flower uh, flower ceremony arrangement or tea ceremony or what, what was the one thing that your parents forced you or something that you wanted to do? Ria? Uh, Let's we'll start okay. with you. Me? We'll you on uh, I want to have a coffee. Oh, is there like a coffee training or certificate or barista or something? <laughs> Not in high school. I just had no, I just had a drink. Watching Netflix? Okay, got it. What about you, you sketchy? Was there like a hobby that your parents put you in or forced you to do? Yeah, it forced me to do karate. Uh, oh. I did it for seven, eight years. Yeah, seven, wow. eight years. Yeah. Okay. Wow, Chihiro? Uh, my parents are very unique, so they never do that. So they mm. just, but when I uh, start for elementary school, actually they asked me, that uh, if I'm interested in swimming or playing the piano, and at that time now I I couldn't swim, so so randomly I I said I want I want to play the piano. Then I just start to uh, take a piano lessons, but that's it. But they never forced to like the practice, practice, practice. No, just 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 enjoy the music stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Paul, from your experience with students, do you get this idea of perfectionism all the time? I have it yeah. myself. I, I'm a, not a good writer, but I want to be like perfect. So I'm like, Paul, can you help me with my writing or something? Um, well, I remember hearing a really great quote uh, by a historian about the Japanese people. And he said, well, the Japanese are like everyone else, but more. So Canadians are polite, <laughs> but Japanese are really polite. Uh, you know, Japanese culture has had a long time to develop and refine. So everything is more amped up, including perfectionism, including form. So Yusuke has studied karate, which is a really good way of understanding this. I studied Aikido. And in martial arts, form, kata, is really important. There's a way to do it. And you have to master those ways before you advance. Or the sushi chef who spends the first five years just learning how to make the rice before he ever touches a fish. And those steps are important. So I think that that filters into, I mean, all cultures have the same thing, but J Japan's culture of form is even higher. And I think that goes into the education system where you have to, you're expected to master something before you ever use it. 
So uh, I remember being at Uji High School, and it's a Ritzamekon-owned high school program, so they feed the universities. So a lot is expected of those students, and they're, it's a very costly school. So they're not allowed to do presentations until their very last year when they've learned all the English they're going to in high school, and they've practiced speaking as much as they're going to. Finally, they do a final presentation. And of course, they're terrified. They don't have presentation skills. They're not ready for it. And one of the suggestions I made to the curriculum advisor was, hey, why don't we start them on presentations in first grade? Even if they're bad at it, it becomes their first presentation. And now it's done. They're no longer afraid of presentations. And they've got four years to get better at it. And they were completely <laughs> against it. That was out of sequence. It was out of form. Mm. I also remember, I'll, I'll just share one more story. I remember working with a Japanese businessman in Canada. He came to Canada to study at the school I was working at. And he worked, he had a very high level uh, position in an automobile company. I can't remember, Toyota or Mitsubishi. And so they paid for him to come here and they gave him six months to get good at English. And his family was mm -hmm. counting on his promotion. The company mm -hmm. was counting on him. However, he was so afraid to use his English until it was mm -hmm. perfect. He never mm -hmm. used it. And we had this conversation club. And I said, he, he asked me, Teacher Paul, how can I get better at speaking? I <laughs> said, well, why don't you come to the conversation club? There's no quiz. It's not a class. Mm -hmm. There's no pressure. You just talk to your classmates and let her rip. Talk about anything you want. Make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Chat. Everyone's an adult. Talk about whatever you want. After that, go to the bar and have drinks and talk, whatever. And he said, oh, no, I can't go there. I said, why not? He said, my speaking's too bad. I was like, <laughs> that's why I ask you to come. <laughs> that's why you should go there. It will get better if you go there. If you don't go there, it won't get better. So what happened? He didn't go there because he was afraid his speaking mm -hmm. wasn't good enough for a conversation. His English didn't improve. He went mm -hmm. back to Japan did not get his promotion. Oh. The company was very angry that his English wasn't improved. And his family broke up. His wife left him. Oh. All, of that, all of that happened because he was afraid to try his English until it was perfect. Wow, what a story. Yeah, that, that, yeah. for me, that's just insane. That's where that kind of formal... Uh, risk aversion and sticking to the formal, it's just harmful. Not for me, mm -hmm. but for a Japanese learner. Yeah. I'm just feeling what you said. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a great example. <clears throat> like, we don't get paid by speaking perfect English. Yeah. Like, like yeah, that makes sense for like sushi chef because they have to get money from customers. Right. So, and also like I, I read that 25% of the 75% of the communication is uh, non-linguistic yeah. and 25% is linguistic. You don't need perfect and English still, to have a conversation. Yeah. Right. Purpose is not to, to serve, serve someone, but just communicate with someone. Yeah. Just a tool. When you're using English in business or society or whatever, there is no quiz. Right. Yeah, exactly. The exactly. goal is to express your idea to your friend and to understand their idea. That's, That's it. it. And if you can right. do that, your that. English is perfect. If you right. can order that yes. coffee, or if you can order that movie, 
you've succeeded. Your English is good well, enough. To that point, yeah. and I thank you, Yuske and Paul, for sharing that, because this is why I feel like day one in OSL, it's like, you know, or even just taking the picture. You mind taking my picture? You mind taking my... Rhea's <laughs> smiling. Like, I remember, I remember. <laughs> but even just week one, asking for directions. Did you guys ask for directions only once in the program? No. Millions. No. Yeah, like a million, literally a million yeah. times. You know, and even if you find the place... It doesn't matter. You keep keep asking people, right. even if you already know where it is. <laughs> and Ria's like, yes, yes, I remember. But the yeah. idea is that's that's getting you building your confidence, right? Yeah. And it's like it's okay if it's not perfect. It's yeah. like practice yeah. doesn't make perfect. Practice practice makes improvement. Mm -hmm. And you're constantly yeah, exactly. just improving. <clears throat> but by the the eighth week. Oh, where would I find? Is it around here? How long does it get there? Is it walking distance? Oh, it's about a five minute walk. Oh, what's good to get there? What's this place? But like, you you can now combine all of these sentences that you practice a hundred <laughs> or like use because a million times, <laughs> and it just becomes natural. You're not even thinking about it anymore. Is, is that right, Ria? How yeah. do you, how do you feel about that? What sentences do you still kind of remember? <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot again. You might be <laughs> Okay, let's let's ask you this. If you if I first thing I, in the morning, yeah. yeah, you mind if I? Sorry, go ahead. One more time, Moika. Hey, you mind if I? Where, where, where? Ask. Oh, you mind if I ask where that is? Or. Your, do you mind if I take a yeah. picture with you? Ah, uh, you mind if I take picture with you? Okay, yeah. or you mind if I ask where that is? Um, I, I remember this, Yusuke Chihiro, like yesterday, every morning, because we know Rie loves coffee. Mm. What was the sentence would you ask me in the morning? Did you pick Have in the you morning? Had, yeah. What was it? <laughs> What is it? Ha, ha, have you had a morning pick me up? Pick you up, right? Yeah, pick me up. Yeah, right, Ria? Do you remember that? Yeah, right. Yeah, I remember. Every morning she would ask me, Anish, did you have coffee this morning? I go, no, no. Say, um, have you had your morning pick me up? Have you had your morning pick me up? And and Cheeto is also a big cafe lover. And yeah. friends, so have you had your morning pick me up? And um but she said first, Anish, uh, have you picked me up? I go, I'm not so strong, you know, and, but <laughs> she practiced and I can't pick you up, Rhea, I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, but then yeah. she, that, she practiced and it became natural. And this idea of, oh, I don't need to be perfect. It's okay, right? And mm -hmm. keep going. Um, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the Japanese are educated to be perfect, not only the English, but also the other subjects. So people should change mindset. So, mm -hmm. so I think the teachers should teach um, it's okay to make mistakes and practice make you perfect, you know? 
Yeah, it's, people should have courage mm. to to jump in the you know comfort zone. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. something that Yusuke mentioned that's really important. You guys all have different motivations, different mm -hmm. interests, right? Like Chihiro said, she's traveled before. She's been to other countries, and that was a big point for her. But I think when she joined the program, she's like, ooh, now I can ask and do so many different kinds of activity. What can I do? It's like, I can ask anybody anything. Like, so she, she what did what, what did you learn? Tell them how many numbers, one to 10, did you learn in how many languages? I guess, guys, roughly 10, nine or 10, I guess, like, 10 languages. She's like, okay, <laughs> Toronto's very multicultural. So let me just meet people from all over the world and learn how to say my numbers one to 10 in 10 different languages. And so I was like, yeah, have fun with it. So there's a video you can find of Chihiro's, Paul will put it, where she's speaking. <laughs> what was the language called? Is it? Oh. Uh, it's one of the languages in, in Africa. Yeah. It's a yeah. language in Eritrea called Tigrinya. Eritrea, yeah. Click sound. Yeah. No click it's, sound. Oh, but. Yeah. No. <laughs> Pronunciation um, is so challenging. <laughs> absolutely. Um, <laughs> What's another question we could ask, John, Paul? Well, let's see. Uh, well, we've talked about your experiences. Let's see. We've talked about your experiences learning in Japan, and we've talked about a number of the things that you've done in, in Toronto and the, the, the changes in Japan. What, what would you say maybe, uh, well, we could get a little bit more about this. You've, you've talked actually a little bit already about what you would change about about the education system maybe we could get a little bit more about that if you were in charge of the english education system in japan mm -hmm. what's the first thing you would change or what's the uh, how would you change it well is it a public system sure public system private system let's say you've you've you you know you are in control <laughs> what would you do if you started your own school, even what would it look like? What would it? Sure. What would you do? Just watch movies every day. You know, watch movies all day. That's it. Getting Netflix, <laughs> getting Disney, watching movies all day. Ria's. That's it. You're ordering coffee. We're making that. We're building a coffee store in the school, and you have to order coffee every day. <laughs> <laughs> if it's um, for the private, I would say that um, yeah, I, I, I like to keep doing like acting things to connect words to the emotions, but also I also like to match people who like to study English in Japanese, it's a language exchange. I think that's a great way to just get exposed in the environment and just keep speaking and make friends. Make friend, Making friends is good. Making girlfriends, boyfriends is good too. So you have to create your own urge and motivation to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, I think maybe I can help that as a like English coach or whatever. Um, I think that's a good way. And maybe mm. a good start to that, Yusuke, is Japan mm. allowing to bring more people or bringing more people into the country, welcoming more people, like they're bringing some Ukrainians now, you know, into mm -hmm. Japan. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, if they have friends or if they have family right now, but it's a good start. Ukrainian. 
on the spot. <laughs> crazy. There you go. Oh, there you go. Yusuke, uh, good job. Nice. Chihiro, Ria, how about well, if you're the school boss, you have your uh, own school, what would it say, look like? Um, yeah. As I mentioned before, I would like to teach children while in English there's that it's totally fine to make mistakes. Just just make mistakes. Then speaking different languages is fun. And I also mm -hmm. uh, uh, more I want to provide Louise functional uh, English. No, not only in English speaking classes, for example, like in in the textbook, it's, you know, for example, what is this? This is dog. I know the dog is. You know? What kind of conversation is that? So it's like more like uh, ordering or like uh, making an uh, appointment. So let's say they like Yusuke said, so how to make friends or how to ask the directions, stuff like some more function, fun, functional expression, and, and also, um, uh, let's say, um, yeah, English is communication tool. The people they easily forget that. So now I want to make sure the, uh, the people is, um, uh, remember that or maybe, yeah, record it. Yeah. Speaking of dogs and it being a tool, one of our students is like, well, yeah, this is a dog, but like, is it a mixed breed? What kind mm. of breed is it? Ooh, you mind if I pet your dog? Oh, you know, right. how, what does your dog like to eat? Or can it do any tricks? You know, what is, give me some sentences that are more engaging and fun. Not this right. is a dog. dog. No, no, interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Even it's like I kind of blew my mind. It's like it, it, the dog, your dog is a he or she. It's very right. simple, and I can ask he or she. I didn't know yeah. that. I didn't learn the word from the textbook, and right. no teachers don't didn't teach me. So it's more pragmatic, yeah, it's practical. I mean, yeah, functional and natural phrase, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, Ria, you are the school boss. You are now Anish. <laughs> um, what what does Ria's language school look like? Except I'd drinking like coffee to... every day. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to get more time to speaking communication time or you know, watching video in English um, at least an hour wow. yeah, or, or mm -hmm. singing songs in English. Yes. Mm. Love it. Yeah. What yeah. if like students could learn like English songs at least once <laughs> a month, one song. Okay. Yusuke, sing me one of your favorite English songs. <laughs> Come on, buddy. In okay. <laughs> I know you know many, so you're, you're tricking me, man. <laughs> oh, I need yeah, okay. The Beatles, typical. Let it be, let it be, let it be. 
let it be. Come on. So something that maybe everyone doesn't know is um, after the program, Yuska actually learned a song and and actually he's a really good guitar player as well. And he's such a natural performer. Mm. And so when he's talking about connecting language, feelings and emotions, he is Mr language with emotions because he feels it when you're singing it right you yeah 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 well what i did in canada also is that um i i took this like f word class by my friend so i always shout like some bad words like from my bottom of my heart you know, like i can't i can't say this in the radio but maybe you can didn't learn feel it from me <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have a swear word class. Yeah, um, it's one of your bad friends. Ah, <laughs> uh, got it. Yeah, to the to the yeah to the uh, sunset through the window. <laughs> That's good. Also, I wanted to add one more thing about like me thinking like what kind of school should I create. So I think you know like AI. It's coming up and like some there's some people says that like oh we don't have to learn languages anymore but i think it's a uh, it's not true because uh learning a new language is about getting a new paradigm new perspective for example like um if you say in english like there's a boy singing let it be in front mm-hmm. of camera so the vision is there is this boy singing let it be and camera but that's the order of the vision but in japanese it's totally different uh it's like literally opposite so that means if you see something together like like me and english speaker if you see this the same thing together we are like actually like understanding that from different uh perspective different we have different visions in our head so if you expand the idea the whole the concept of the whole society in English and Japanese is different. We see things in from different angles. So learning new language is actually getting new uh, way of thinking, way of seeing things. Mm. So I think that's a big thing for us. Um, I hope that we can promote that idea to kids and also adults to open up themselves. Um, so I like to implement that to, to my school. Cool. That's excellent. Yeah, and a, a great observation linking the language and cultural values and perspectives. It's it's uh, you know you you it's pretty hard to learn one without the other. You know, language separating from culture, they're 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 so important and they're they're so in, integral, right? Because it's yeah. it's the way of looking at things, just like you said, Yusuke. Yeah. It's kind of fun and interesting to learn how other people think through a different lens, mm. right? Yeah. It's like, oh, so omote na shi means <laughs> we welcome you with open arms or you are welcome here. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, that's fast. So what does that say about the cult? Is the culture just very welcoming? Is it so very... she means that there's no like uh black and white. Mm-hmm. The omote oh. is the, the, the what is it called? The heads and tail, the coins, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So meaning like there's no heads and tail. So I'm like just generous. I'm transparent. That's the original oh. meaning. So I thought it just meant we welcome you. That's why she said it as part of the Olympics, Paul. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's an expression of ambiguity, which Eastern yeah, cultures heads, tend not... to be more comfortable mm-hmm. with, right? Huh. Um, I mean, look at look at the U.S. They have two political parties, and they're very extremely mm-hmm. different. There's like two mm-hmm. choices. There's no ambiguity. Yeah. <laughs> There's zero ambiguity. They're not mm-hmm. comfortable with ambiguity. Mm-hmm. You're either this or you're that. Mm-hmm. Um, Asian cultures in general, but Japanese also mm-hmm. tend to be more comfortable with ambiguity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would yeah. say Canadians are more comfortable with ambiguity than Americans. Mm-hmm. Americans are very uncomfortable with ambiguity. Right. <laughs> Something is either good or bad. Right. Left or right. Very simple. Up or down. Yeah, yeah very. Yeah. Yeah, I feel binary. Like. <laughs> yeah, binary. Yeah, binary. Yeah. You have this but like Eastern philosophy, like planted in our culture for a long time, and yeah. we also accept the concept of zero too, yeah. um, like nothingness, emptiness. Um, yeah. Well, and the idea of yin yang, everyone's familiar with the yin and yang symbol. If you look at that really closely and just kind of meditated on it, you can see that they're not separated. One mm. flows into the other. The black flows mm. into the white. And even that dot in the middle, like the white dot in the middle of the dark, the white is part of the dark. And the dark dot in the middle of the white, right. like good exists with bad together. They're not separated. And yeah. dark, the black exists with the white. They're not separated. And that's, you know, it's an expression philosophically of this ambiguity and and what I admire about that. And, uh, you know, in the modern era, it's not lots of people around the world, uh, embrace ambiguity. I'm not saying it's only in Japan. We all, a lot of us are comfortable with ambiguity, but what I admire about that is it, it's really a reflection of reality because real life is not either or real life is, is ambiguity. You know? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I reason with that. I think we are in the era that like religious and quantum physics are meeting all together. Yeah. And also speaking and of Taoism, I'm, I'm, that's exactly what I'm studying at the grad school. So it's a psychology yeah. based on Taoism. So Process yeah. Work Institute, guys, check this out. Just a promotion <laughs> for my school. But yeah, <laughs> it's a great school. So if you're interested in that, just Google it. Process Work Institute. <laughs> <laughs> I find it really interesting that you're touching on these things, Yusuke, the the idea of cognition with language, because that's something that's very important to me. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, and and like this is a dog stuff, you know, a sentence is just a sentence on a in a textbook. But in life, language does not exist isolated on a textbook. It's part of a context. It's part of a conversation. It's part of a cultural logic. It's part of a something happening. I had this really interesting exchange this week with someone, uh, kind of a debate about a grammar point, because they had watched my Friday Night Live show and seen a grammar point that we were we were looking at. And it was so weird because the conversation got deeper and deeper and more and more focused on this grammar point. And I had to pull myself out of the conversation at one point and say, look, you know, I don't want to give you the wrong impression about my live show. I My live show is not to teach you guys um, either how to use English. It's not a lesson. My live show is also not intended to teach teachers how to teach. My live show is like welcoming you guys to my hobby. 
my hobby, <laughs> like some people play Rubik's cubes. Mm -hmm. Some people, um, you know, play Jenga or Jenga, whatever it's called. Some people are doing Wordle now. My hobby is analyzing grammar patterns. I, I, I like looking at a sentence and figuring out what's going on to express <laughs> a certain meaning. And I turned that into a live show. So in my live show, someone asked me a question. What does this sentence mean? So I take that sentence and we break it down and analyze it. I'm not teaching them how to use, I'm not, it's not a grammar lesson. Mm -hmm. And uh, this debate I found myself in was debating it as though it were a grammar lesson. I had to pull mm -hmm. myself out and say, actually, I'm far more interested in the meaning of things, the, the cognitive element of language, than I am in having people follow a grammar point. Because grammar mm -hmm. exists only to express a meaning. It's the meaning yeah. that's essential. And that's, that's cognitive, that's psychological, or like you said, with the acting, it's emotional. Um, and as, as uh, Chihiro said, things should be functional. The purpose of a language is to get something done or to communicate something to a friend or to get that coffee from the barista into your hand, into your mouth. Right. <laughs> Without, you know, what's the purpose of having a language? It's to express ourselves and share ideas with others. It's not to pass a test. Absolutely. Well, it's well, well said, Paul, and thank you for bringing that up, Yusuke. Um, so we're winding down here. I can't believe an hour has already gone yes. by very quickly. Um, is there anything? Yeah, time flies. Is there anything else that you each want to share with the world? Um, anything? Uh, that you want to say, that you want to want to put your hopes and dreams in the future out there into the world, and then we'll listen to it 20 years later, and you're like, wow, I did it, or 10 years, or next year. Um, Chihiro, I'll start with you. Uh, okay. Um, actually, I started to study um, uh, uh, how could I say, um, translation. I'm very interested in the media translation, such as like movies and dramas. And I actually, I mm. um, registered a volunteer transla translator for a TED Talk. So I already mm. uh, finished a couple of projects. So yeah, and uh, my yeah. Sub subtitles, Japanese subtitles are approved. So now I wanted to keep doing that and, and the, yeah, Finally, I want to yeah the work um, in the translation industry in the future. But uh, I, uh, how can I say that as uh, I learn um, translation, I find it very very challenging, but also very exciting. So, so I, I think it. Just translation is not learning languages, but I think translation is a bridge for um, different cultures and different communications. So, yeah, I, I don't want to get involved. I'd in love to connect of... her with um, Sachi. Yes, right? actually, you could connect. Yeah, that would be a great connection. Our She's last guest. Professional translator. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, so, yeah, I watched your videos. Ah. She's translating some really amazing documents right now, but I yes. have your next project for you. 
The, I, I wrote I wrote a chapter in this book. You wrote it? Yeah, I wrote a chapter in this book. Wow. I have, I'll, I'll share it with you. Anish, how do how do your all how do not all your OSL on the spotters not know about that? Yeah. We need, yeah. We need a press release, a press conference. Yusuke knew about the That's book, right? right? Mm. Did you know about it? <laughs> you didn't know about it either. Nobody's no. watching any of my but look. There's my beautiful yeah, picture. You, you, you photos there. Yeah, you I, I, wrote a, I wrote a chapter sharing my my journey. You should, the... you should share me then. Wow. You, should, you, should, you you three should be watching to the ends of all of these podcasts. <laughs> Every one of my podcasts, I'm like, hey, it always comes up. It's, right. even, it's <laughs> even on Paul's shelf, right behind him. It's true. Um, but anyway, uh, Yusuke, what's your final word for the world? Or there's a see, Paul's got the book right there. There you go. Chihiro ah. chan. Yes. Well, next project. Next project. See, Paul, the only people who don't have the book are my students. Incredible. <laughs> You're in it. Have, uh, e you need a publicist. Yeah, there's an ebook and everything in it. Um, that would be an exciting thing for you to work on with me, Chihiro. Mm. Um, and I'm going to develop a TED Talk coming up too, so mm -hmm. work on that. Okay, Yusuke, what do you want to share with the world? Yeah, it's, it's first of all, praying for Ukraine. Um, just a disaster there. Mm -hmm. um, it's really like hurting my heart all the time. Is to see like I, I I generally like frustrate us because we can't do anything for them, but we could have done something. So I felt that. Um, so I can't really. Yeah, I just keep my own, my eyes on the news all the time, and yeah, just praying for that. So, okay, what I want to do now is do two levels. One is personal level, like individual level. So I like, I like, I love connecting people and supporting people for their self-development. So I like to pursue that. Um, maybe by a career coach slash recruiter. And I, I, I found this amazing community here where you can kind of like peel everything off and just be yourself and try to discover who you are. So this is the Zen temple. Um, so whatever, whoever I meet, if they need a job change, of course, I'll introduce a position for them. If they need a career coach, I can do that for them. And if they need a like fresh start from scratch, I can connect them to the temple and they can discover themselves. So I like to create this ecosystem in the individual level. But at the same time, I also want to, I'm interested in organizational level too, because the war, you know, there are a lot of conflicts in the world. Um, that's one of the things that I'm studying at the grad school right now, con conflict facilitation and resolution. So also I'm, I like to look at that level and find what I can do for that. So it's, it's going to be a longer journey, but yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out. And yeah. Ria, thank you, Yusuke. What do you want to <laughs> share with the world? Let's start with what are you grateful for, Ria? 
I am grateful for connecting you guys and practicing speaking my English. So, yeah, thank you for for inviting me for this uh, podcast. Yeah. Awesome. Any final <laughs> message for the world, Ria, that you want to share? Or a quote that you'd like to share? Or anything? <laughs> yeah. Um, I love Oprah Winfrey quote. And you are responsible for your life. And if you are sitting and waiting for somebody on save you to hmm, save you to even help you, you are wasting your time because only you have the power to take responsibility to move life forward. And the sooner you get that, the sooner your life gets into gear. That was amazing. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing that quote, Ria. That was beautiful. And you're right. We have to take responsibility for ourselves. And, you know, sometimes um, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And John, Paul, this is our season finale. It's been yes, such it an is. amazing Yeah. Uh, season with you both. Uh, very nice. Yes. Amazing. Any yes. final messages? Hmm. Yeah. Well, just uh, that it's been, as you said, it's been an incredible journey. Yeah. These uh, these past eight episodes and have grown so much. And uh, really, the opportunity that I've had to 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 meet the two of you. I know that that you, Paul and uh, Anish, knew each other before and. The fact that uh, you know I was able to to meet both of you and uh, start this before this was my first time. Unlike the two of you, this is my very first time doing anything like a podcast. So mm-hmm. it's been it's been such a such a fantastic experience, and it, I'm looking forward into to look moving in towards uh, education, not only with English but cultural intercultural communication as as you both know that I, i'm moving in towards that and doing more work there and uh you know looking to do of course more collaboration with you guys in the future as well and uh future future season the next season it's uh just uh it's been great and uh yeah I, it's been blessed really been blessed uh to I meet you two guys and all of the guests we've had here it's been been fantastic so i would second that john i I would just (laughs) second that you know um yusuke and chihiro and ria wherever she is may not realize this but anish and i have known each other now almost two years i guess two two years uh we met online anish approached me on linkedin we had never met in person and then we met john this year together all three of us met online But mm-hmm. uh, in December, I visited Toronto. I live in Vancouver, although I grew up in Toronto. That's where my family is. So oh. I visited Toronto to see my family. And I met these guys in person at a, at a pub. Mm-hmm. And um, 
at first we, you know, we needed a minute to sort of, like we knew each other online, but yeah. our verses a little different. They're real. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a little bit a little bit, little bit awkward moment. <laughs> a little bit awkward, that's, but so that's what very, it looks like under the shoulders, right? Yeah, but very quickly <laughs> I felt like yeah, I've known these guys for ages. And so I would just say that it's been an honor and a privilege to work with you guys on this podcast this year. And to our guests that we've had on this show, even though the three of us are English teachers, English educators, whatever you want to call us. This show is never about us teaching. It's about us learning. It's a chance for us to learn from all these amazing people we've had on. Mari, Rie, Sakurako, um, help me out here. Uh, well, there was... Uh, uh, Riku. Sachi. Yeah, Riku. Sachi, Kawatani-sensei. Um, mm -hmm. I'm missing someone. I know it. It uh, uh, was... Uh, Anish is a former student who's now a teacher. Yes. Oh, Gosh, right. Nami. Yes. Anami. Nami. Yes, yes. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> and I think we're still missing someone. So I apologize if we do. But anyways, mm -hmm. for me, this has been an amazing learning experience. And to meet you, Chihiro, and Yusuke, and Ria today is also mm -hmm. an opportunity to, for us to learn. Um, that's what I've liked so much mm -hmm. about this. Working with you guys, Anish and John, um, and sharing our passion for education and Japan. Because what we have in common is we all love Japan. We've spent time there. Mm -hmm. Our partners are all Japanese. Mm -hmm. So we have a very strong love and, and uh, connection with Japan. We want to see Japan do well. But in order for that to happen, we also want to analyze and criticize in the most respectful way the education system so it can get better. And I think this has been a great opportunity to do that. And I'm very, very uh, humbled to have had the chance to do this with these guys and with you guys. So thank you for joining us. Yes. And thank you, John thank and Anish, for sharing this, this project with you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know what more there is to say other than this is just another chapter in this journey of life and filled with experiences. And like Paul said, I love learning, which is why I even built in, you have to teach me something new every day <laughs> in my program. Right. Anish, did you know that? Anish, did you know? So, you know, I, I'm also a lifelong learner and I love helping, like Yusuke said, using language as a tool to, to, to build bridges, connect people. Yeah. And, and sometimes break down some of those barriers, you know, whether it be cultural or anything like that. So, you know, when we when we make the city and the world our classroom, it just becomes everything's an opportunity. Every person you meet is an opportunity to learn something and also share. Mm. And so I'm I for me, I went into this podcasting. I know really. I've been teaching lots of Japanese students, but I've never actually lived there, you know, like these two have and really have that much of a deeper understanding than I do. So I've just been learning so much. So I'm I'm excited to replay all of these episodes. And it's like, oh, right, right. So, um, but most importantly, I love sharing other people's passions and visions yeah. for the future. So thank you, Arnar our guests, Yusuke, Chihiro, oh. and other guests for showing up. <laughs> right you could have said no oh i'm busy or yep. no i don't have time but you didn't yeah um like mm -hmm. ria said you know taking action you took action mm -hmm. and the first step is just saying yes to something 
an opportunity. And again, not worrying if it's perfect or not. None of us are perfect. None of these podcasts are perfectly scripted and Mm. it doesn't matter. It was, we learned from each other. We shared a conversation and that's the goal of it. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All of us are nervous to be on camera and wondering how we look and if we say something (laughs) silly, of course. But you know what? What I think about perfection is like when when people are telling you you have to do this perfectly, I would just say, what bad thing will happen if I don't? Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out nothing. You know, if we make mistakes on this podcast or say something silly, nothing bad happens. Right. And in fact, we learn from it and that's good. There is no... It's not like a test where you might fail and not get into the college mm-hmm. you want. Life doesn't work like that. There are no not there are consequences, but not all of them are going to kill you. Right. You know? <laughs> so we have to learn to take chances and take a mm-hmm. risk on ourselves and what we believe in. And I really admire you you guys for doing that. It's kind of scary to join a podcast with a bunch <laughs> of uh, strange people. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to take a screenshot, yeah. but maybe Paul will have to grab one from the conversation also with Ria. I will do that. Sure. Um, but if you want to take one now, that's that's doable, too, of course. But I'll definitely get sure. one with it when we're all on screen. Yeah. OK, let me try one now. OK, everybody, look at the camera. Give me a funny pose. I'll do my uh, promotion all the time. <laughs> one, two, three. Got it. Okay. Um, thank you all for joining us. Uh, Paul, final, uh, John, a final send off. Yeah. Well, thank you. Of course, Chihiro, Yusuke and Andrei, and thank you everyone out there. Sorry. Yes. And thank you everyone out there who's watching and or listening to this. So, uh, this is our season finale, but, uh, keep, uh, stay tuned for season two of the Ego Education Podcast. And of course, you can find us at, on YouTube if you're watching us right now, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor.fm. And of course, if you're looking to connect with any of us, sorry, you can find our contact information mm-hmm. down below. Um, I'm not sure, Chihiro or Yusuke, if you want to be contacted, their information is probably <laughs> there too. I'm sure you can provide that today. Yeah, you shared links. And yes, Stay tuned because we also have possibly some other projects coming up in the near future, yeah. not just wow. limited to YouTube or or, uh, or Spotify, but other things maybe in the in real physical world with actual physical Imagine. people as opposed to online video now that things are opening up. So from all of us here, the Ego Education Podcast our journey will continue see you guys stay tuned bye, bye everyone bye bye see you peace out <laughs>